Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Welcome into the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for finding us on your favorite podcast app. You can also find us on Dash Radio, where they're on the Nothing But Net channel every single day from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. Also, my new show on OnsideRadio.com. That's every day. That covers more than just the heat. Well, it does cover the heat. Did a lot of heat today. 10 a.m. until noon. I'll actually be on with Ira Winderman this Friday for our half hour inside the paint segment. Also check out five reasonsports.com, F I V E reasonsports.com, where Brady Hawk is posting the latest takeaways. It seems like before the buzzer even sounds and the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network. This is a great one. We're going to start integrating them with NBA soon. We've already done it with NFL. It's called best ever.com. That's B S T E V R.com B S T E V R.com. And this is where you can run simulations of all kinds. So basically if you want to sort of say, okay, what would the dolphins have looked like with Deshaun Watson instead of Tua Tagovailoa and Ryan Fitzpatrick last year, you can do that. You can play them against Denver uh, in the game that they lost and see if they would have won, by the way, 95% of the time, the dolphins would have won based on their simulation, but you can simulate just about anything. You can play the, the bill Parcells giants uh, against the, the bears of, of Mike, Dit- Mike Ditka. You can play the modern day teams against past teams. You can sub players in and out, run the simulations. It's a great way to settle arguments, which is something that we're going to be doing a lot with the NBA going forward. Not only do they run the sim, they give you a full game story and a full box score all right so this is something that nobody else is doing it's called bstevr.com it's for best ever and the best part it's free so just sign up play around with it it's a really cool site that's expanding all the time and as i said they're integrating with us at the five reasons sports network on the website and also on our youtube channel and now tonight's episode one two three four five on the floor Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alex Toledo and Greg Sylvander, part of the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I've got Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander and then a guy who's been on the podcast many times before, of course, of Miami Heat Beat fame. He's now with Basketball News. He's also on the Dunker Spot pod with Steve Jones Jr. I, f- I feel like Nikias, it's Nikias Duncan. You can find him at Nikias NBA. I remember you were upset we didn't, get, I don't know, I, we missed, we, we, we didn't connect to get you on the podcast with Steve Jones Jr. So you just decided to start your own with him, essentially. I had to take matters into my own hands. I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, it's great. If you haven't listened to it yet, it's a terrific listen. Uh, of course, these are the two guys that actually accompanied me to the All-Star game a couple of years ago. So um, this this was our trio. Where were we? Uh, it wasn't Chicago. Oh, we were in Charlotte. It we're was in Charlotte. Chicago. We're Nikias yeah. Lee. Yeah, we, we were, now. Yeah, we're, we're in your neck of the woods. Um, so we were up in Charlotte. Greg, Nikias, and I covered uh, the NBA All-Star game. Four or five reasons sports. Of course, the NBA All-Star game looks like it's going to be in Atlanta this year if, if all goes well, if players actually decide to play in it. Here's what we're going to do, though. We needed to bring Nikias in uh, because obviously the Heat are struggling. They're 11 and 16 
Adam Barai, myself, and Michael Christian basically traded the whole damn team after the loss to the Clippers. They lost to a Clippers team that was missing four starters, including two of the top 15 players in the world, one of whom is one of the top five players in the world. Uh, and they looked horrible doing. They couldn't stop anybody at the three-point line. Uh, they had basically the switches didn't work. Nothing worked defensively. They looked dispirited. And Greg, I mean, you and I have been kind of checking with people all day, as has Adam. And, you know, the heat are working the phones. Um you know, you've texted me today. You think something's coming soon. I agree. I wouldn't be surprised if there's something by the weekend. So we wanted to drill down with Nikias on what they need the most. So we're going to do this generally, and then we're going to expand it and go more specific with certain players that may be on the market that they may be interested in. All right. So let's, let's start here. Nikias. here's the three sort of general options, which of these rank them, which of these three would help the heat the most right now, a stretch big next to bam which clearly, I mean, right now it's Kelly Olenek kind of by default, a pure point guard, and they don't have Goran Dragic right now, who's the closest thing on the roster to it, or a three-level scorer. If I had to rank them, I would probably go three-level scorer, a stretch big that can offer a little bit more defensively than Kelly Olenek can, and pure point guard would be last. Um, I go three-level scorer because I think Jimmy Butler as kind of your oversized point guard works. Like, he is a tremendous passer, and more importantly, he penetrates and draws defensive attention just by the sheer power and effort that he does so. So I think he's fine as a guy that can collapse your defense and, you know, get guys in rotation, and that makes things easier for everyone else. The issue is that Jimmy is also the best shot creator for Miami right now. And that's problematic because he isn't a shooter. So if he isn't getting all the way to the rim, if teams, you know, if teams switch against him, if they run a deep drop against them, they have the screen defender kind of going under under the screen, kind of daring Jimmy to shoot. That's where things get iffy. Um, I actually tweeted out earlier today, Jimmy Butler's shot chart on jumpers coming out of pick and roll. And it is bad. Uh, just, just to be frank with you, it's, it's an ugly shot chart. He has not been efficient from anyone anywhere really so I think having someone that can capitalize on the looks that Jimmy can create as a driver is more important right now so so this is where I get confused with roster construction and and my brain starts to hurt because like when you look at the team it looks like they need you know a big next to bam and obviously there's been the turnover issues with I which I think immediately any fan who has any semblance of knowledge about basketball will connect a turnover problem to a point guard problem. So when you go to three level score, and I tend to agree with you, like they need more guys. Um, and, you know, I'm going to steal a little bit, as I said, I would um, in a tweet to you today from the dunker spot, they, they need a little bit more uh, guys going North and South instead of East and West as Nikias put it on his podcast so eloquently. Um, but this is where I get hung up. Right. Cause like, I don't see a pathway for them to acquire a player that can actually fill that void without it being a, a huge move that almost kind of shakes up the Tyler hero build um, or maybe the Tyler hero and Duncan Robinson build. I'm interested to hear how you think, cause I think, I guess most people thought hero would develop into that player. And do you think that that's, even plausible and do you think ultimately we're heading in a direction where if the heat need to get that player it's going to end up costing them a guy like tyler hero 
I think ultimately Miami will probably have to move Hero to get that guy. Like, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Hero becomes the score of three-level score that they need him to be. Like, he has made strides as a pick-and-roll scorer. He has made strides as a finisher at the basket. I will say that it's still a bit problematic in terms of him being a number one guy. I don't think it's problematic in and of itself. But if you're kind of projecting forward for a hero to develop into this number one guy, it's a bit problematic that he still needs a screen to get downhill. Whereas Jimmy can do that, but ultimately he can just clear out a side, put his shoulder into a guy and get to the rim and draw a foul or just finish there. Hero isn't that guy. He still needs help getting there. So he could build on the season he's having, but I think it's more likely that he kind of tops out as the guy that capitalizes capitalizes on um, those opportunities that are created from someone else. And if that's the case, then you need to use Hero as the chip to get the guy that can you know fill that role. It's interesting to hear you um, not go with what everybody else seems to think is first, right? Like, uh, I mean, on the surface, the biggest problem that the Heat have had in terms of, you know, plugging a player in would seem to be the player next to Bam. Like, I, I understand, you know, Dragic is out now, so that's part of the point guard issue. I, you know, the three-level scorer part, we talk about what Hero can be and, and how much help he needs to be that. But when you're talking about... Um, you know, the, the player next to Bam, I actually saw Christian Hernandez tweeted out some numbers today that essentially show that Bam and Olenek together is still fine. Like, like at least at least by the numbers, uh, that's a plus. The problem has been pretty much Bam with anybody else. I, the Harkless thing hasn't worked. The Iguodala experiment, uh, you know, at times, you know, hasn't worked. Uh, they, you know, they haven't played Bam and Precious together. I mean, and on, you know, Akpala is now completely out of the rotation. I mean, they've gone through guy after guy after guy. I mean, I heard and reported yesterday, and then we didn't see it, that they were going to start using Max Struess a lot as a small ball four. that they were going to just basically totally space the floor with shooters. That's what I heard from a couple of people pretty close to the organization. Um, but you don't think that that's the biggest issue, Kenny, because it looks to me like Bam's alone out there a lot. I think it's an issue. I don't think it's the biggest issue. Cause like, as you just said, like Bam and Olenek, it may not be ideal for a team that wants to compete for a title. And it certainly doesn't look like they're going to do that this year, but just in terms of the goal, they said that doesn't seem ideal, but it has worked. And we have multiple years of evidence of that pairing being fine. So I think the more pressing issue is finding that true number one guy, because as we've seen, you know, this year and particularly in the playoffs last year, like Bam can take over a game for you or can take over a series for you. Jimmy can take over a game or a series for you, but both of those guys are still kind of predisposed to set other people up. Right. So I, to people's frustration at times, Nikias, right? Like that's including mine. Yes. Right. So I do think they're missing, not necessarily the alpha personality, because I think Jimmy isn't scared of anyone. Bam isn't scared of anyone. Shoot. Hero isn't scared of anyone. So, like, in terms of the personality needed to kind of lead the charge, I don't think Miami's missing that aspect. But at the end of the day, you kind of need someone who is a threat on all three levels. And right now, Bam is, I would comfortably call him a two-level guy. Like, I think the mid-range jumper is legit, and he is a good finisher. He still has some things to work through against length, and the passivity is frustrating. But in terms of what he can do, he's kind of a two-level guy. Jimmy was a two-level guy, but – 
you know, just based on last year, which which seemed anomalous, and this year it hasn't gotten much better, Jimmy's looking more like a one-level scorer right now. Mm -hmm. He's very, very, very good at that level, but the jumper just kind of isn't there for him right now. So I do think, ultimately, as they try to compete for a title, they're going to need someone that can kind of – that can – create those chances on all three levels and convert it at all three levels to that point then. And then I'll let Greg jump in here. Was I wrong about not going all in for James Harden? Yeah. Like I, I just didn't get the ire for going after James Harden. Like I understand from maybe a watchability standpoint, he may not be fun for everyone. And for the heat base, the Heat fan base specifically, maybe all of the Harden versus Wade talk on Twitter and stuff, maybe that rubbed in the wrong way too. But just from a basketball perspective, James Harden just, I mean, he cures all of the L's Miami has offensively right now. I mean, he's one of the best offensive players in NBA history. And, you know, when the talk was, well, we don't want to give up Hero for a guy like Harden, like the upside for Tyler Hero, the the hero optimists were like, hey, this guy can become Devin Booker. Devin Booker isn't James Harden. So I just didn't understand why people were so torn apart about, you know, pushing chips to the table for a guy like Harden. Like, that's what Riley does. If he's going to push in all of his young chips, he goes for that guy like he did it with Shaq. Like, Harden just felt like the kind of piece that he would do that for. So it was kind of surprising that they didn't, and it was also kind of surprising to push back the idea guy. Yeah, no, you're right about that. And, you know, another part of it was that the more and more we probed, we heard it wasn't any single asset. It wasn't any single player. It was the combination of all of them. But even in retrospect, when you look at what James Harden is doing in Brooklyn and what he's capable of and what this team needs, you're you're right in that it, it it's kind of hard to justify not pulling the trigger. And um, I have heard from a, a couple people that, James Harden had his heart set on Brooklyn and that was always the way that was going to go. And, and that really um, a lot of the other stuff was, was smoke, but that's a conversation for another day. What I'm interested to ask you here about um, as it relates to getting a three level score, a lot of those guys make a lot of money. I mean, there's not a lot of guys that are going to provide it in a meaningful way that are on rookie contracts or that are on uh, mid-level contracts per se. Okay. And what I'm struggling to figure out is how the Heat are going to be able to uh, entice a team to trade a player that's going to solve something like this without completely gutting. Like we talk about Kelly Olenek being such a good fit next to Bam and it, and it, they can survive with him there. How does he not get included as an expiring contract in one of these trades and Iguodala to a lesser extent? But I feel like the Heat are in this weird circumstance where they've gathered these large expirings to – um, maybe combined for a top tier talent, but it feels like it may open up holes in the roster. And that leads me to this. Do you think that Precious Achua has any, um, is there any legs to him being a viable player next to Bam? I mean, as we're exploring options, I just wanted to check in here with you on how you felt about Precious as the the, the four next to Bam or the five next to Bam, the way you look at it. I think event i think the case for that pairing working is that bam continues to grow his jumper and precious continues to draw his jumper and whoever develops at a quicker rate i mean that just makes it more palatable for those guys to play together 
I'm not super worried about the front court spacing just because Bam operates so much of the offense from the high post and he's such a good passer. And you have those built-in dribble handoffs. You can kind of live with Precious hanging in the dunker spot while Bam initiates, initiates up top. So I think that works. The issue is that playing those two plus Jimmy together makes that very tough. And if you're saying the Heat are going to play two out of those three guys, like the obvious choice is to play Bip, Jimmy, and Bam together and you just figure the rest out. So I, I don't know. I mean, that would just take a roster move, I believe, to really make that work. Because your best case is running Bam, Jimmy, Precious together, and then you have Hero and Robinson. But if you're screening for one, you're able to cheat off of Jimmy if he's in the corner and you have you know, pressures in the dunk spot or whatever. So it, it just gets kind of tough there. Yeah, the, the three non-shooters is dicey. You're right about that. And that's like something the more and more as I unpack this roster, I try to figure out how Precious is in the long-term future. And it, it more and more until Bam becomes a three-point shooter, he's a bench player. And at that point, I, I feel like he becomes a real more of a trade asset, actually. Well, to that, to that end, and I, I want to ask Nikias one thing about the ball handling piece, and then we'll get to some specific players. But I mean, to that end, then, do you think the Precious was basically drafted to be traded ultimately? Um, because of the duplication? I would first say that based on the players that were still on the board when they made that pick, I sure hope not. Because I don't think that, I mean, it def, that would definitely look like a bad move now considering where the roster is with injury, with COVID, just how ill-fitting it seems at times on the court as well you hope that the heat didn't go into that saying we like precious as a trade asset, just as much, if not more than as a prospect that they feel like has a long-term future with the roster. With that said, it's kind of hard not to see that. Cause like, even with your most optimistic projections of precious, him and bam being a long-term front court was at least a year and a half, two years away. And if you're worried about maximizing the window with Jimmy Butler, and he's what, 30, 31, somewhere in that range. If you're worried about that, even though it's a late first, that can't be a great message to Jimmy. Like, hey, we're drafting a backup to Bam or someone that can pay with, play with Bam in a year or two when he wants to win now. That makes sense. Uh, so let's get to the next part of this. Let, let's get to the point guard position. Uh, you can argue that the Heat really haven't had a true point in forever. I mean, depending on how you characterize Goran Dragic, who's never been really a six-plus assist guy in the NBA. I mean, you know, even going back to the big three years, Mario Chalmers was an off-the-ball uh, point guard. I mean, I, I mean, I know there was you know there was a year of Rod Strickland. There, there's a year here of this guy and of that guy. Uh, Jason Williams, obviously for, I guess, what was it? The two and a half years or something like that. Who then they kind of like, I don't know. They kind of tamed his game quite a bit to the point that they wanted him to pick it up, which was like, okay, you got white chocolate and pretty much told him, you know, don't go crazy. And then it was like, wait, play more aggressively and, and do more funny things, do more fancy things. They really haven't had a true point since what Tim Hardaway. I mean, they're not a true point organization anymore. You don't, you don't, again, because of Jimmy and, and as much as he handles and bam, you don't think that like a guy like Kyle, Na Kyle Lowry, and we're going to get more specific soon, is a necessity. Um, I don't see, like Kyle Lowry absolutely helps this Miami team. Like the shooting, the pull-up shooting, the playmaking, the point of attack defense, even the off-ball defense with what he does as a guy that can draw charges. He absolutely makes this Heat team better. With that said, 
with where the Heat are right now and where the rest of the East is, I don't see the point in putting together a package that would bring Lowry in because I don't think Lowry makes this Heat team an Eastern Conference finals team, not without some breaks. And if that isn't the case, then it makes more sense to kind of hold those assets when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply and roll them over to the offseason or next trade deadline to where you, you know, you've already had an offseason kind of retool the roster a little bit and then you can kind of make moves from there. Um, and to your point, um, that's also why I kind of feel like the Goran Dragic thing is a little bit overblown because the Heat miss him, but not because he's this traditional point guard. Uh, he's He can pass, like he's grown as a law passer, he's grown as a pick and roll creator. But what they miss the most from Goran is the rim pressure that he provides. That's that's really the big, I mean, that's one of many differences, but the biggest difference between Goran Dragic running point and Tyler Hero running point is that if they're both running a high ball screen, Tyler Hero is looking to set up a pull-up jumper. And if the defense rotates early enough, then he can make passes from there. Goran Dragic wants to use the screen and get downhill. And then oh, he's- Oh, yeah, immediately. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's that guy. He, he puts, rim, he brings that legitimate rim pressure. And without yeah. him, it's basically Jimmy. Like Bam gets to the rim, but he's already being defended by a big. So it's not, you know, it's not forcing a rotation in the same way that a perimeter guy can. No, well, it's, so tr- it's so true. It's like they, when you think about players that they can put on their, that can offensively get the defenders on their heels, other than Jimmy and Goran, there's not really anybody on the roster that fits that. And when you look back to the summer, it's hard to think that they glanced at the roster and said that they had enough of that, even as presently constructed, if everyone was healthy, that and it's definitely something that um, is in retrospect again. And I know it's easy to play Monday morning quarterback on some of this stuff. It's, it's interesting to see that they appear to be a, a creator short, even if they had Goran out there, but I'm actually going to sneak this in here before we go to the next segment and, and, and to a break. So in the midst of what you just said, Nikai, you talked about it not being worth sacrificing an asset to get Kyle Lowry because the team won't be good enough to contend. Are you writing Miami off in the East? I find it hard to believe they're going to get back to that, you know, to what we've seen from Philly, what we've seen from Milwaukee, what we're seeing from Brooklyn, even though I'm low on them compared to the rest of, I guess, like NBA media and stuff. But it's, it's just another year to where Miami would need a lot of the matchups to break right for them to make a similar run last year. And I think at some point, you want to make sure your roster alone puts you in that gate, puts you in that category, not your roster compared to certain teams that you can exploit in a specific scheme. To, to that end, there was one comment that came in that we, we discussed on our string today that I thought was interesting. You know, some of the Twitter comments actually do make you think. And there was one guy who said, basically, he likened this to the 16-17 situation and the year after where Spolstra essentially created an offensive game 
that maximized a roster. And then in the off season, and I know this off season was shorter, but in the off season, essentially teams studied up on it and forced him to adjust again. And by the time he adjusted, essentially it was too late. Do you see any parallels there? I mean, do you see any of that where, I mean, I guess it was the drive and kick game in 16, 17 last year. It was the, uh, the dribble, you know, with mostly with seven 11 with Dragic and waiters and, mm-hmm. and James Johnson, obviously. And then this past year, it was the dribble handoff game, you know, primarily through Bam and Duncan. Um, I think that parallel definitely makes sense. Like, the Robinson out of bio dribble handoff is definitely at the top of the scouting report. And I think as teams have pressured Duncan in a different way, as teams have gotten more comfortable switching because they're daring Duncan to either beat them off the dribble or they're daring Bam to abuse a small guy, which he's been better at this year, but still probably not to the level Miami needs him to. It, they're forcing Miami to go to their second and third options more often than the offense. And that's really where the lack of someone that can puncture the defense really stands out. Because if that person, if that initial action, if it's a handoff, if that stalls, then it's a set defense daring you to get to the rim or take a contested jumper with a defender in front of you. And I think that's led to, that's a factor in why Miami's three-point shooting is down outside of like guys being out, is that the quality of looks that they got last year after, you know, the defense has already bent, you know, after the dribble handoff, those same looks aren't there this year. That's interesting. And I think that's a hell of a lot better than we, that's better than we did the other day. Right, Greg? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like I'm listening to this, like, thank you. Our listeners are going to be like, gosh, a guy actually knows his stuff on this podcast. (laughs) I mean, Greg Greg and I, Greg and I faked that for 25 minutes. All right. We will, we'll fake some more stuff after the break. We're actually going to do rapid fire when the Kaya's now of basketball news and the dunker spot podcast. So we're going to go through some players that we've heard there either is interest or could be potential interest or could be out there. And we're going to basically have him say yay, nay, and for what? Okay. So that's where we're going to go after the break. Before we do though, we love new sponsors. We got a new sponsor of the five reasons sports network. It's called chase signs and graphics. Again, another of these sponsors that's right here in Broward County. It is a full service sign company. That's located, as I said, right in Broward, Chris Chase, the CEO of of Chase Signs and Graphics, has been designing, building, and installing signs for 20 years. He knows how to make your business stand out from the crowd, not only promote your brand, but attract new customers by raising company awareness. Exterior building signs, promotional signs, window graphics, vehicle graphics, all of those things help promote your business or services. Chase Signs also offers a wide range of signage. That includes storefronts, sandblasted signs, interior office signage, channel letters, promotional advertising, monuments, job site signage, and feather flags. Have South Florida's premier sign company custom design your sign. We service all of Broward County. That's right, all of it. So all the way from down in Miramar, Pembroke Pines, all the way up to Deerfield. Why wait? Call for a quote at 954-791-8685. That's 954-791-8685. Call Chase Signs and Graphics today at 954 954- 791-8685 or find them on Twitter. It's an easy one at signs Broward. Again, that's at signs Broward. All right, let's, uh, let's get to it. Let's get to some players. I know that's what people are waiting for uh, report today from our guy, Adam Barai, along with, uh, with Greg Sylvander, who's here on the pod. The interest in Rudy Gay is pretty strong from the heat. This goes back more than a decade. Uh, I went on a Haiti trip with the heat 
uh, basically a save Haiti trip. I was on the trip. Dwayne Wade, Lonzo Mourning were on the trip. And Rudy Gay was on the trip. That was a year that he was a free agent. They weren't allowed to talk to him about basketball, but he did make uh, this trip after the earthquake down there to help. Um, and of course, you know, he made his interest in the heat pretty clear. Also hit a big shot against the heat. If you remember first year of the big three, the same game that Udonis Haslam had that traumatic injury. Uh, Rudy Gay made the shot over LeBron. 11 years later, Rudy Gay is still averaging 12 points a game for the Spurs. He's shooting 37%. From three, he's in the last year of his contract, $12 million. Seems to be a stretch four at this stage. Yes or no, Nikias? I'm down. Like, I think he would definitely juice the offense a little bit. A guy that can shoot the three ball helps spread the floor a little bit more than anything. If you do try to stash a smaller guy on him, he can still get to the rim and can still finish at a pretty high clip. Um, sound defensively, not a lockdown guy by any stretch, but certainly a better option at the four than what Miami is throwing out right now. So, I mean, if the price isn't super high, I say go for it. Thoughts, Greg? Yeah, I don't think the price would be that high. And so to that point, I think it's absolutely worth exploring. Um, kind of, um, I haven't heard details of what Miami would be thinking to send out, but my estimation would be something in the neighborhood of Myers Leonard, Mo Harkless, and some, some kind of sweetener to, uh, to get the Spurs to be agreeable there. Um, you know, obviously the deal could expand too. I think that that's something that could be an underrated aspect of it. Uh, I'm, a, I'm actually going to pivot in a different direction and ask you a, a bigger question. And it's going to relate to something you said earlier in the podcast, Nikias. You talked about how what the Heat needs from a scoring perspective at a three level, you know, a three level dynamic score that really fits the bill that way. They don't need that player to also be an alpha. And I, that, that, that really struck me when you said that because there's a, a, a score in, in Chicago, Zach Levine, who um, is playing next to a player named Thad Young, who is having a career year from an assist perspective, playing in a lot of the same sets that are maximized in Miami. I'm interested to hear about how you think Levine and Thad Young would fit in Miami. And is that a, a package that is worthy of sacrificing assets? Does that catapult you into the conversation in the Eastern conference? Um, Zach Levine has been incredible this year. Like he has, I have not been a fan of Levine up until honestly, the last few months, like the end of last season and this season, because he's made such tremendous strides as a playmaker as well. And he is the three-level scorer that you're talking about. A, a ridiculous athlete that can finish over the top of guys. Smooth pull-up mid-range jumper. Very good three-point shooter. And very quietly one of the best deep three-point shooters in the league. So definitely the guy that can kind of stretch out to the logo. Um, not a Damian Lillard or Steph Curry level shooter from that range. But he's probably in that tier below, which I don't think gets discussed enough. And I just love Thad Young. Like He does a little bit of everything. Um, the passing has been there. He still gets to his left. Everyone knows he's going to left, but he's still throwing in these awkward floaters that go in all the time. Defensively, he's everywhere. If the Heat could package a guy like Hero and get the salary that brings both of those guys in, then I think that's definitely worth exploring if you're trying to save this season. My only hesitation there is that Levine, I believe, is up for a new I think he hits unrestricted free agency in 2022 if mm. I'm not mistaken. yeah that's right so again if you don't you're not 100% sold I can tell the guys <laughs> my, I, I like adding those two players to the roster my thing is if you don't feel like 
that gets you to the finals, then that's something you can explore in the offseason. And maybe okay, but, but, but let me let me let me ask you that question because I, I understand there's to do it now and to do it later. And we're gonna go through more players and there's other players in Chicago. Markinen's come up, Otto Porter's come up. I mean there's there's different combinations if Chicago's kind of thrown in the towel, which right. you know obviously obviously new management there, et cetera, and, and they're trying to go a different direction. But my whole thing we keep talking about this and 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 this is the John Collins conversation for me too is that I think Heat fans got their hopes up that the, the player next to Bam or Jimmy was going to be established megastar, right? Like it was going to be Giannis, okay? Or maybe Kawhi got sick of the Clippers or maybe even Paul George, okay? Or I mean, it wasn't going to be LeBron, but somebody, you know, of that kind of level. And then, it, or Bradley Beal, okay? And now over time, I, I think then the question becomes, okay, maybe it's not going to be that guy. And maybe that guy, again, is not on the roster, and maybe it's a player who you think is worthy of being that third guy, like a Levine, like, I mean, before we were talking Oladipo, maybe it's a John Collins, but we're not really sure. I mean, at what point has the market dried up enough, Nikias, that you have to say, okay, we're not maybe sure that that's the third guy of a big three, but he's good enough. Okay. It's a big two and a half. Um, I think that mostly depends on where they're at with Jimmy and what that relationship is like. And I'm obviously not privy to that. But if you're going in that direction to where you're looking at Levine, you're looking at John Collins specifically, you're talking about two guys who aren't at that superstar tier, but also are kind of of the age to where they can grow with the BAM. And those guys certainly represent, kind of like we thought of Jimmy when he first got here, it's the move, it's the move that sets up the move. So it feels like Miami would be kind of going to that direction again to where, okay, adding Levine is the domino that sets up making another splash in a year or two. And I think that can make sense, but you have to be in lockstep with Jimmy Butler since he is, you know, he's the prized acquisition from last offseason. And also he's in his, you know, he's in his thirties. So that's just a conversation they would have to have with him and make sure that he's comfortable with that kind of um, planning. So I'm going to pivot to the Western conference here and uh, one familiar name and uh, actually two familiar names. Um, I'm interested to hear, do you think a move that would acquire Josh Richardson and Tim Hardaway Jr. could benefit the Miami Heat? And I know that obviously, depending on who would go out, would, would dictate some of that. But I'm just talking about sheer skill sets, what they bring to the table. Do you think that if you were to infuse guys like that into this roster, um, that, that they could kind of help some of what ails them? I do think so. Um, like the movement shooting from Tim Hardaway Jr. is intriguing. And Josh Richardson is still a good defender and Miami just needs more horses on the perimeter. Um, I just kind of worry. I don't think either of those guys solve Miami's main issue, which is a guy that can put pressure on the rim. So it still feels like they would be a guy short in that regard. So that's a no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would lean no. I mean, and you're not getting either of those guys without giving up one of Hero, which is an obvious no, or Duncan Robinson and trying to build a deal around there. And yeah. Well, and, and that's the Duncan Robinson question. So, you know what, we're going to get to the Duncan Robinson question after the break, because I think uh, a lot of this stems from that. Before we do, though, I want to tell you about another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. That's our friends over at You Break, Wheel Fix. Call Mark. 
If you want the best wheel repair and refinishing company in the area located in North Miami for over 15 years, you got to fix bent or cracked wheels that are damaged on the streets of South Florida. They got fast turnaround times on most repairs. They even offer the loaner wheels while they fix or refinish the wheels so you can keep your car on the road without interruption. If your wheels are faded or peeling, you break wheel fix offers complete refinishing back to factory standard. Just bored with a look at your wheels. You break wheel fix offers over 5,000 different finishes. That includes the vice to customize the look of the wheels. Don't spend money on new wheels when you can renew them at you break wheel fix. They offer a full line of custom wheels and tires for every vehicle application. They got that in-house repair and complete vehicle customization. So call you break wheel fix today at 305-748-0112. That's 305-748-0112 or online at you break wheelfix.com. They also can be found with that same handle on Google, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Yelp. Again, that's you break wheel fix. And here's the biggest thing. Mention five reasons sports. When you call, you get 15% off your repair. All right, let's get to the Duncan Robinson question real quick. Uh, and then I want to get to some other just, just players. We're going to do them real rapid fire for real this time. Like we never end up actually doing this, Greg and I, but we're going to try. Um, Duncan Robinson to you. Is he an 18 to $20 million a year player? Uh, no, I think he's in the 15 to 17 million range, which isn't a huge difference, but I think it is a difference. In When a player is in that range for the Miami Heat, is he worth it? Is he worth retaining, I guess, unless you're getting a whale type player that you're training him for? Ah. Uh... I would begrudgingly say yes, just because he's so elite as a movement shooter. Um, I do think it's fair to question like where he is as a playoff player right now. Um, he has, we've seen some flashes of more off the dribble stuff of him getting all the way to the rim, but it still isn't enough. I don't think to kind of supplement what's needed in a playoff series and defensively he still gets picked on. So I think you keep him because you don't want to lose him for nothing. But if something comes along better, he now has the kind of salary that makes it easier to make a swing for, for a better player. All right. Rapid fire here, Greg, we're going to do it. So i got some names. I, I go one, you go one. Okay. Nikola Vucevic, you go in on him. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I do that. He's very good. Otto Porter Jr. <laughs> I'm going to say no, because I think there has been a little bit of decline defensively. And I, I just, I'm just kind of out on auto at this price. Blake Griffin, if bought out, not for trade, if bought out. Okay. If bought out, sure. It won't hurt. Lori Markinen. Uh Not at the price that it would take to re-sign him over the summer. No. Andre Drummond. No. Lonzo That's Ball. Your quickest no. Because <laughs> there are yeah. Heat fans who would say yes. I understand the argument of wanting a quote-unquote true center next to Bam. It gives me Hassan nightmares. We got to keep this rapid fire, guys. Go ahead. <laughs> Lonzo Ball next. <laughs> yes. Bradley Beal. Absolutely. Everything. Yeah, you do that. Everything. Greg, one more, and then I'm going to close. One more. Oh man, you're putting me on the spot. The 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 um, stretch four in Sacramento that I can never pronounce his name correctly, but fits right in the trade exception. Ah, Bielitsa, yes. Yeah, oh, you like him? Okay. 
Final question, probably the hardest question we've asked, because Adam Barai put this on the pod yesterday. Somebody offers you a protected first-round pick for Goran Dragic. Now, you take it? Absolutely. All right. We'll put that at the end, because people are going to be pissed at both you and Adam. Follow him at Nikias NBA. Also, follow the Dunker Spot podcast with Steve Jones Jr. and Basketball News. Nikias, thanks for fitting you in. I mean, this time we had to go through three layers, but uh, next time it'll be six. Appreciate it. <laughs> no problem. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.